What's up everyone and welcome to another episode of the Justin Insight Podcast. As always, I am Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling, but most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, so before I get into my little weekly roundup that I like to do, um, I just want to mention uh, that last week obviously I skipped the reviewing of a f- couple of film trailers that I've sort of introduced to the podcast. Um just purely down to the fact that I was recording it really late and I wanted to get the episode out on time. Um, that being said, I'll, I want to kind of make up for it this week a little bit. So I'm going to do uh, two extended reviews of films that I've recently watched. Um, so one of which is Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, which I might be doing a more kind of in-depth episode with. I'm not sure. I'm trying to put a couple of things into place. Wait, wait and see if that happens. Um, but yeah, I'll do a little sort of my thoughts on that film. Um, the second film is a documentary I watched, uh, which I reviewed again in full for uh, Vulture magazine, which will be up uh, t- probably towards the end of the month, maybe I don't know. Um, but it's called The Law um, Lure, sorry, L U R. Um, I'll be doing those two reviews uh, following the chat I have with this week's guests. Um, as for for my week in in review, it's been pretty busy, bandwise to be honest, which is pretty cool. Um, kind of came back from holiday and was sort of like right I want to do more stuff with the band so I've been putting in a bit more effort trying to get shows booked and it's it's paid off thankfully Um, I've got quite a few shows coming up uh, starting with this Sunday August 13th in Basingstoke where we're supporting Renounced uh, the Sanctuary Um, so which I'm really looking forward to because Renounced are awesome got some good friends of mine in uh, and yeah their their music's just absolutely killer Um, you can kind of see what other shows we've got coming up if we're playing near you it'd be nice to see some some listeners some friends some fans come come down um you can f- find out where we're playing if you head over to facebook.com forward slash the divorcee um we've got a list of all the dates up there we're also looking to, to fill some dates in september so if anyone knows any promoters or anything give them a shout point us in our direction um hopefully yeah sort some stuff out in september as well which would be pretty rad um apart from that the only other thing of note really that I, I did last week is I went to see their latest Riptide Wrestling show in Brighton uh, once again they did not disappoint um, finally got to see Joey Ryan live which was awesome uh, seeing him flip all three members of British Strong Style with his dick was pretty impressive um, so yeah if you're a wrestling fan really recommend this company uh, Riptide they've literally this like this show just gone was their second show and they both times they've completely blown out of the water like stacked cards stacked performances it's a really good atmosphere um and for me it's kind of like my local promotion really i know i've got rev pro here in portsmouth but they do sometimes tend to rely on imports whereas i know again i know riptide had imports but a lot of the british guys were kind of the top draws on on this card again so yeah go go check them out if you're a wrestling fan um Right, on to this week's guests. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Lucinda and Connor from the band Kamikaze Girls uh, when they were playing in Portsmouth as part of their recent tour with Nervous. Um, I was really looking forward to this one because the band's album Seafoam uh, is one of my favourite records of the year so far. So I was really interested to kind of hear about how that kind of came about, how it was all pieced together. Um, I know some from kind of reading previous interviews and other things about the band it was quite a, a personal record so it was nice to kind of talk to talk to the pair face to face to kind of get 
more of an insight into it rather than just reading a bit of paper about the record to be honest obviously we talk about the record in the chat we talk about the band touring how the band came together um all the usual stuff that we talk about on the show so yeah re- really enjoyed this one um and it was really nice of the guys to, to take some time out because considering when i got to the venue i think they were both exhausted uh lucinda was actually asleep when i got to the venue as well so i've really appreciated them kind of willing me to to put a microphone in front of them for a little bit um so yeah please sit back relax enjoy the little chat i have with kamikaze girls and i'll see you on the other side on tour well co-headline tour with Nervous um, how many dates are you in at the moment this is number 9 of 10 oh yeah. ok so yeah. oh, right cool. the end. Um, yeah. have there been any particular highlights so far yeah last night was great oh, yeah, like, was good. I think that's been like my favourite maybe one of my favourites Brighton yeah the open room last any night. particular reason um, it was just it just just felt really good. Like it, was yeah. really, it was just a really very, very it, rowdy. Yeah, it was like it was a really good like rowdy show. Yeah. I think that just sums it up. It was Crowd nice. Very loud. Yeah, it was sweet. <laughs> Have you played Brighton much before? Or? Yeah, we played Brighton a oh, bunch. <laughs> we've just never headlined. Oh, okay. Um, so like a lot of the places we're playing, we've never like headlined in before. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, I think we, at the beginning of the night, we have like zero expectations <laughs> yeah. of who's going to show up and then it happens. So. Well, because I think that's kind of a good sort of starting point is that obviously this year you obviously released the new record mm. and for, I've got to admit, like, you're one of the bands that I'd seen your name around but I hadn't heard until you told the Narwhals because yeah. I'm really good friends with them guys um, and I came to the Southampton show. Oh, yeah. Um, and after that, I was like, why the fuck have I been sleeping on this <laughs> that sort of thing? Um, but do you kind of feel that, like, obviously you're now doing this tour, that kind of 2017's kind of the year of Kamikaze Girls, in a way? Yeah, I mean, like, I think we, we were getting to a point last year, like, after we released Sad, that we were just, we felt like we were playing so much, we felt like that band that just showed up everywhere. Yeah. Whereas... Like, not necessarily on, like, a large scale, just, like, every, like, little punk show that yeah. was happening or, like, all day or something, we were just like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, sort of, we got, like, last year was quite exciting because it was, like, we released, like, our first, like, thing that wasn't a single. Yeah. And we kind of, everything, like, kind of kicked off, like, last year. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to do an album within the year after I okay, guess that cool. was like the goal at that yeah, point yeah. we wanted to record it by the end of the year and then have it out and it just sort of it ended up happening that we recorded it at the start of the year but it made no difference because it, yeah. it all just happened really fast mm-hmm. so I think like the from November last year up until this point now it's just kind of been like a big like Whoosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but not necessarily in like a big like hypey way or anything. Yeah, no, it's just, just been, been a, a way, like just, riding the waves. Yeah, it's just been like chipping away. Yeah, yeah. Well, like when, when we played in Brighton last night, I was like, we haven't played here since 
the winter passing dates. Yeah. And that was in like August, and it literally feels like it was like last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's really weird. Like, we went on tour with apartments in September. Okay. Uh, and that's like nearly a year now. God, yeah, I mean, isn't it? It literally feels like it's been about two weeks. Well, yeah, it's almost, <laughs> it's, it's going to come up to like a year since we released it, just yeah. like real yeah. soon as mm. well. Um, so it's, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just, we've just been grafting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of backtrack a bit because uh, the show that I do is called Just an Insight. So I like to kind of go back to how the band sort of was created. And okay. if you guys can give me an insight into how. You two became the duo that is Kamikaze Girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we met at an in store in Leeds. Yeah. So, like, my old pop punk band played in Zavi, which used to be Virgin Mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to be one yeah. here and they just deteriorated yeah. very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> possibly why we were doing an in store yeah. yeah. in there because they were like kind of trying to keep it alive and yeah. get people in yeah. um, didn't work but no not at all we were rubbish <laughs> <laughs> and you did sound for us mm-hmm. and then Connor was in another band um, just watched the fireworks and then we Lucinda's played Lucinda's band were called The City Sleeps as well just to yeah. get that out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can still find their music on MySpace MySpace.com yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we, we did a bunch of shows together and then like both of the bands sort of came to and then at the same time, yeah. I moved to Leeds from Hull, like permanently, because mm-hmm. I was sort of back and forth yeah. all the time. And then I, we started a band called Hearts and Souls. Okay. And that was like from 2009 to 2015. Okay. And we had a guitarist and I played bass. And then a guitarist left to be a, a chef. Okay, fair um, enough. He's a really good chef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, big deal in Leeds yeah. on the chef mm-hmm. oh, okay. scene. The chef circuit. <laughs> yeah, he's got awards yeah. and stuff now. Oh, sick. Um, well, we got. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, like, we we had, like, possibly one of our only, like, Facebook Messenger conversations mm-hmm. we have ever had. Yeah. Because we always just text. But, like, yeah. uh, and, and I think I could probably find it because we've never talked. Yeah. Like, all <laughs> that since. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it was just, I think one of us I, I don't know if it's you or me just went two piece question mark and then the other one was like that's what I was thinking yeah yeah so, so it's almost kind yeah. of like not fate I don't want to say that, but like <laughs> you both had the same idea yeah. kind of coming into yeah. it sort of thing yeah I don't know if it's just I think just because we've been playing music for so long together it would have just been weird to yeah, get we, another person yeah, in yeah like, I want to get anyone else nah. mm-hmm. um, and that yeah just started like writing, writing some tunes mm-hmm. and something I always find with quite interesting with two pieces is I think even some, like some three pieces because weirdly the band I'm in is a five piece so right. it's, I always find like if you can do it minimally fair play to you but was there ever kind of a, a struggle from maybe not from yourself because kind of, obviously drums is drums is drums yeah. drums yeah. Um, no no no, no. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible way yeah. but like like obviously writing without a bassist mm-hmm. and things like that was there was it a hard transition or did it kind of fit seamlessly I don't like it seemed pretty easy to me yeah I think yeah. I, I had a struggle at first because like I, I played I played guitar well before I played bass or sang okay like, but I'd never ever played guitar live yeah so that I think that was the hardest that, thing that was like, the hardest thing like yeah. me having like confidence issues and then actually knowing what worked yeah um, so obviously there's like cert- certain things that if you like stylistic things that mm. won't just won't work yeah. things sound empty mm-hmm. so I guess 
it's just a constant learning curve for like ways you can like manipulate the music yeah, yeah. between the both of us to yeah. like make it sound but that, I think that's good. the thing I like most it's about like it it's like a challenge yeah exactly it? yeah and it is like manipulating sound which is just always really interesting mm. so if you were just like a standard band with like a bass player guitar drums like you can kind of get caught up in the just like just churning out the same stuff over yeah, and over yeah. again but because there's only two of us you kind of have to look for new ways to do stuff all yeah. the time and it's and just I guess keeps it's things like, interesting doesn't it if you like write like say like a riff or something you're like oh man this is a sick riff yeah. and then <laughs> and then you, you'll play it well like in like a two piece yeah. and you just yeah. like that won't work <laughs> yeah. and so it's just yeah it's so just what you're saying is we have all these sick riffs lying around just, just sitting around yeah. 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 yeah and then like then we'll just write that one. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's like it's like Death Cap. Like yeah. the song Death Cap on the album, we've had that song for seven, eight years. Oh, I think. Wow! The, that, just not just the, the riff, just the, the, yeah, yeah, just the idea yeah. of it. Sort of and like yeah. every single time we've come to write, like for a new release, like a, an EP or whatever, before in our yeah. band, we've always tried to write that song, but it just hasn't. Nah, it just always fair. sounded terrible. Yeah. And know. then we wrote it as a two piece, and yeah. we're like, oh, yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's stuff like that, and. Like on this album, we played around with like some open tunings as well, and just like stuff that makes everything sound really full. Mm. So I mean, it's not like Connor has as much hand in that as I do. Yeah. Like Connor plays guitar as well, and will write not stuff. Not just drums. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. Drums are drums. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I, I guess it's like it, yeah, there's like a little bit of a challenge because I mean even if I just wrote a song by myself the the point from that going to like what the band I mean that's not really how we write but, yeah. Even, yeah. but even if we did that it'd have a long way to go before it yeah that's it, kind of like the raw idea before the end product kind yeah, of, yeah and exactly. it's it's always like really important for us to make sure it's going to sound good just us too like yeah. we, can't, we can't just sit in front of a computer yeah, write, yeah. which is what I used to do Okay. In our old band, like mm-hmm. I sit in front of Logic with my guitar, and that's just like what just kind of like track demos and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and that's just like not really allowed <laughs> because it's it just wouldn't. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's got work. to have like the energy and the, the right vibe and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah, and then you know tracking and recording yeah. Yeah. comes after, mm-hmm. I suppose. Well, obviously, you talked about kind of the the writing process, and obviously, you've just released the the new album. So, if we talk about kind of a little bit of the writing process of that and sort of influences on on the new album. So obviously you mentioned like Connor as well, you kind of write riffs and things mm-hmm. like that. So is it a case of that, say for instance, Lucinda, you come forward and be like, oh, I've got this riff and then Connor be like, well, I've got this riff and it comes together or do you kind of form a song and then Connor builds the drums on it? How, how does it work? Just all different ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think whichever way works, works for yeah, that song. Yeah, and, like. and there was like, so there'd be like times when we at the practice room we used to do seafoam like when I'd come in and mm-hmm. you were like I found two chords I really like yeah. and then you'd show me those and I'd be like oh cool and then like I'd like find a way of playing yeah. them or turning them into something and then we'd jam that mm-hmm. and then or like the way we wrote Berlin is mm-hmm. like I was in Hull and I think that was after we were like struggling like to just get stuff across yeah. and then I remember like I literally just wrote I wrote Berlin and had the riff for a, like a week, but just not managed to do much with it. And then I managed to just r- write it 
and put some fake drums on it and I sent it to you and you're like, no, that's a KG song. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it, from that point onwards, yeah. it was like, oh, everything kind of came together yeah. gradually and gradually. So. Yeah. And obviously sort of like looking at like reviews of the album and stuff, yeah. a lot of sort of common themes come up that people kind of uh, perceive of the album, but I kind of want to get almost from the horse's mouth. Like what, what did you want to achieve going into it and what sort of, influenced it because obviously the, the main thing people say is kind of like oh it's a really brave album it's really kind of inspirational for, for the message it, it gives out but is that what you wanted to achieve or is it just the way that it's come across i don't i don't know is i mean there wasn't like a great deal of like expectation from it yeah i mean like we wanted it to be good mm. but then like l- lyrically it's just like me venting yeah. <laughs> and uh, the one word that keeps just everyone keeps throwing about is is this record really cathartic yeah yeah yeah. well yeah it is like it's like really therapeutic but i think that's just the one thing we've heard so much yeah um and yeah that's that's what it is but i think it's just a little bit more like socially aware than sad was yeah like it's still very much just my silly brain yeah like a lot of the song content but no, no, like we've we've travelled a lot, like in since we wrote sad and like experienced lots of different things, mm. and then gone through a lot of different things like personally and band wise, and so it is literally everything's just personal experience, yeah. and there wasn't like any expectation, of like, I don't know, people to like grasp hold of that or, you know, take anything from it, but if yeah. they do, then that's nice because yeah. that's like why nice is an awful word but um, <laughs> that's sort of like how I would like want to listen to music yeah like yeah when with all my favourite bands like the thing I always like to cling on to and like find like answers in was music yeah like, no no I, I stuff, totally relate to like, that like personal lyric content like finding things I can relate to with mm. other people in it and I guess that's why you end up like connecting with like a band or a person yeah. from the stuff that they they say in the most like kind of respectful way but obviously you're still quite a new band yeah. in a way so to do an album that as you said was so personal to, to you both did you kind of think that was quite a a big step to take or did it just feel natural to, to wear your heart on your sleeve yeah it was just I think that's just what kind of band we are yeah, yeah like, it wouldn't have sounded like us if it was any other way I, I think it yeah I, it was it's just never really been any other way since like we've been a two piece yeah and, but like even in our old band yeah. like it was very much the same mm-hmm. like it was a very just like n- 
no metaphors just everything is yeah. there and it's just like it's the same it's the same live it's just like yeah. really raw like angsty energy yeah and, and that's that's just what it is well, as, as I said like when it, I saw yeah. you guys on the novels yeah. so that, that was kind of what I was like how have I not seen you guys before <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh thanks but um obviously talking about sort of touring obviously you're on this tour you're on the novels mm. tour done Europe done America as well like have you what have you kind of learned like as from yourselves like being the bands is it is anything that you kind of thought oh being on the road like I never expected me to, myself to be like this or have you kind of because I'm guessing just the two of you you're obviously spending a lot of time together there must be things you learn about each other so if those things kind of cropped up or is it just because you've been playing together so long it's just a nothing kind of I just kind of I just kind of feel like if I need, need like space or I need like to just like be on my own because I'm quite an introvert at times then mm. it's just like cool I just need to go and do this yeah and, yeah and we're not really like always on our own it's more when we do one off shows that we'll just like we'll just yeah. travel down yeah. like we like in the states we were touring with like different bands in the seven weeks we were out there yeah. and then when we were in Canada we were with somebody else yeah. and then so like it's and then with nervous we're like sharing a van yeah with Nowell, so there was like the opener changed twice which was cool yeah so, like, yeah there's it's it's like it's nice that we can just hop in a van as well but I don't know oh, what do you think <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah it's it is what it is, isn't it? Like, there's, there's times where, like, when we were in America and we had, like, 15-hour drives and it was, like, just the two of us. That was pretty hard. Yeah. Just yeah, because, like... Just, it's just, like, pressure to be social, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. not just that, though, isn't it? Like, you kind of... You don't want to fall asleep. Yeah. Somebody else is driving. <laughs> yeah, but, like, 15 hours is a really long time. Just yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, I guess it's, like, the less of you is, the more, like... Probably the more, like, work it is. And yeah. also, like, if there's just two of you, like getting drunk every night on tour it's probably a little bit sad isn't yeah it? yeah so it's whereas so, with the guys from nervous it's just been the complete opposite yeah <laughs> drunk every night well not not <laughs> me but, but yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah like but yeah just i think it's 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 nice to be able to do stuff with other bands yeah, as well because i mean i think if if like if you if you just toured as a two piece yeah with no one else and you just end up like biting each other's heads yeah, yeah, the time. yeah. It, it'd just be like it like a relationship when you're spending too much time <laughs> yeah. with someone it'd be the it'd be the equivalent of yeah. that yeah and it just wouldn't if, be fun anymore then no because like I, I think it's it, it's it's nice like cause I don't know I kind of I kind of feel like I'll well for both of us we have our moments when we both are a bit quiet and then, yeah, we'll, yeah. then we'll be like really loud and obnoxious mm-hmm. like 10 minutes later yeah. and I think so you need the option to do both yeah and but if I think there's more people then you can but since you've been playing music for so long as well yeah. we can kind of read where yeah, each other is yeah, so yeah, like yeah. we know when someone needs like 10 minutes or an hour yeah, or yeah. whatever or I th- uh, yeah I think it's kind of like okay to say that as well yeah, like exactly. if you have a day off and you're just like I just need to like yeah, yeah. Go, me alone for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. go and be on my own yeah. or something yeah like yeah, that's cool like yeah. again yeah it's just like it's just a different kind of yeah. it's just like when you're mates and you like spend a lot of time together and then yeah it's good 
and something I always find interesting, especially with like UK bands when they go over to, to America, is how they kind of find the difference in reaction to audiences. And I think with the type of music that's kind of coming out of America at the moment, you guys kind of sit quite nicely in that. So how how did you find the different reaction to, to the States to hit? It, I guess it I guess it all varied really, but mm. um we Connor had gone to Fest a lot before we played Fest. Okay. So met a lot of people yeah. and it was like so when we eventually went over we had a lot of mates from Already around kind of uh, yeah. dotted around yeah. America that we'd be like, Hey, can we set up a show? Do you know anyone? Mm. And then if anyone kind of showed up, like I think the reaction in like Canada and America was mainly positive. Yeah. In Germany, like it was <laughs> ridiculous, like yeah. really good. Um, like, I think the thing with the German crowd is as well that like they will tell you if they don't like yeah. it or if if they really like it, they can be like, "We really liked half of the stuff." The I, second half I of your set, that, no. not so much. <laughs> I've, I've only been there twice, but, yeah. but not playing, but mm-hmm. like like with friends and yeah. stuff. And as you say, you get like, oh, I can't remember oh, who was it. There's one German guy who came up to me because I was doing their match, right? And there was like. One song, really like. Other, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. in the band, but fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that, that girl in Hamburg, mm. that when I played by myself with the venue, had like a, it was a squat and there was electrical yeah. issues, so I just played by myself. Oh, okay. Um, and then, like, just the girl came up to me and was just like, yeah, I didn't really like that. Like, it would have been better with a drummer. I was like, yeah, like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, just, yeah, and, yeah. and then I just ended up like apologizing to yeah, her for about yeah. five minutes, yeah. and she just wouldn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, and then like came over and bought a record, and I was like, Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because I just want to talk about the difference between obviously sad and sea foam. Right. So, as you said, this kind of a lot more sort of personable in, on the new record but I still think that there was elements of that on sad so for you personally like do, do you feel that there was much progression or is it just kind of this is the next step for KG I think we've gone backwards if anything <laughs> <I'm only joking. laughs> I don't know it was I think it was like because when when you write from like a Lyrically, when you write from like a personal perspective, yeah. it just like it just goes on as you like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then like musically, I think everything's just stepped up. Yeah. Like mm, it's, we yeah. just know what we're doing. Yeah. Like we we have like we know what our vibe is like mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, but then my voice my voice changed quite a lot. Okay. Um, from. I don't know if it was just touring loads. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. It just kind of like. It wasn't as high pitched and as screamy as it was on set. Like yeah. it's, it's now like a lot lower and like I still I still scream, but it's just not the same. And I remember when we started writing, mm-hmm. you were like, "Can you like scream that?" I'm like, "I am." It's just not like, it's, just not, <laughs> yeah. it's just not the same anymore. And like I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, I always get told that like your voice isn't fully developed until you're in sort of like your late thirties and stuff. Like okay. it takes a long time for a voice to develop, and it okay. will change. Never that, um, I was having this conversation with M from Nervous earlier. Yeah. And it's just like it does change. Yeah, yeah, and. We had this moment in the van, like, 
night before last. The, the embarrassment jukebox. It was great. Yeah. Um, so we're in a van with Nervous, there's four of them and two of us, yeah. and we have all been in a bunch of different bands, and we had like a two, three hour drive, and we spent the whole of it playing each other our old musical oh, projects, brilliant. and it was like possibly one of the funnest like. Yeah. Were, were you telling yeah. each other, or were you guessing who was in each No, band? we were like, this is this band, yeah. this was this band, this was this. Yeah. And, it would have been better if you just put it on and they had to guess mm. who was. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think you just generally want to progress every time yeah i don't think like i think sad and seafoam are just as personal as each other Mm. but maybe just everything's just shifted a gear to the Mm. right kind of and one thing that i did want to kind of talk to you about is again it's something that kind of gets branded with you guys but i I don't know if it's through your choice or just something that Mm. kind of goes along with you but is the the kind of tagline of it's okay to, to be sad sort of thing and like from I think nowadays as well, like the stigma behind kind of talking about mental health is a lot more open and stuff. So do you think in this, especially this year, that uh, kind of going back to what I said at the beginning, like 2017 is the year for, for KG, that this is the perfect time for, for you to release Seafoam and get more people talking about that in a way? Yeah, maybe so. I think it's more just like making sure people are like comfortable where they are yeah and you know it's sort of it's it's all right to like talk about stuff that you might want to keep close to your chest but that Mm. doesn't help yeah and everyone's got a lot of different coping mechanisms for Mm. stuff so i think it's more just letting people know like they have options to speak out if they want to yeah um but yeah i guess you can you can never like make like a show or anything like a hundred percent safe, but you can like yeah, try your best. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's just all we're doing. Yeah. I think I don't know. I I think I, th- I don't know. It's a hard one because like there's in no way do we want to glamorize no, the fact of like or make it cool to like be struggling or anything. No, it's no, just, no. I understand that. I think it's just more. I don't know even know how it came about really, <laughs> but like I had, I had, I had written a lot of stuff and like the record had the EP had loads of different names yeah. to begin with, and then that was just the one that summed it up. Yeah, and yeah. It was like yeah, like and that's fine that it's just called that and it, and yeah, it's just, I guess that's where it stemmed from and it's, the the message doesn't really change. Mm no matter how many albums anyone releases yeah, yeah. like I think it's just more that there's just like a really horrible thing attached to it and I I kind of went through stuff when I was a teenager that made it seem really taboo to like have to take prescribed medication or to have like anger issues or insomnia and things like that and like I just didn't tell anyone anything because yeah. I thought they'd think I was really weird yeah. and it's not it doesn't really have to be like that no, no, there's no. just no reason I guess um but yeah, I guess people do attach that to us, but they shouldn't. They should just. It's just a. It's just like a view. Yeah, no, it's no, just no. A, no, no, I didn't yeah. mean it sort of in a Oh no, not at all. all but... Yeah, I think it's just like it's a positive outlook to have yeah. on something that could make someone react in a negative way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think. Plus, if you have someone that's like going through some stuff, yeah, and they're struggling with it, if you see other people saying it's all right to feel like this. 
yeah. then yeah. that can help people quite a lot. Yeah, because then you so. can say, like, look, <clears throat> I'm here so if you want to talk yeah, exactly. about yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and on kind of being sort of a positive outlet, obviously, I think it's see whether you've got the hoodie on, obviously, that you do like the lady fuzz kind of stuff. Um, oh, aside. Right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, look confused. <laughs> but, like, um, does that kind of go hand in hand, or do you? Because the way that I, I think sort of creative minds do creative things, like without sort of going a bit egotistical. Like obviously, I I do vocals in a band. This is my creative outlet. Doing yeah. the podcast, I write. Um, obviously, I've got friends that are sort of tattoo artists, mm. graphic designers, and things like that. So for for you, is that just another kind of way to to put your art out almost? Yeah, like I'm. I'm like an illustrator oh, okay. and a designer as well. Like I'll I'll do that kind of stuff for people, but then obviously like music's like a really big part of my life yeah. as well. So when I like started all the zine stuff, it was mm. just like marrying the two together. Yeah. So I had one thing that was like both. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I also had like loads of talented friends that like weren't really getting their work out that much, yeah. and I wanted to kind of do that or like make a body of work that was yeah, just yeah. all these people that are doing cool stuff and no one always knows about it yeah. so it was just like a fun way to like kind of make loads of different people's worlds like collide <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. little zine yeah. and like it's cool like um everyone who like contributes to it's always really up for it and it's it's just kind of like based on people that I meet and yeah. I'm like hello like you're great, do you want to do something for this? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. this is, and then I'll give them a zine and then hit them up, like, I'll email them yeah, yeah. Like down the line. Because how long have you been doing it for? Not that long. Okay. Like, two years. Okay. Almost two, it'll be two years in August. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've not even, I've not really brought that many of them out. Yeah. But I've put on, some, I've put on like a handful of shows and yeah, it's just, it's just like a nice creative outlet and anyone can be involved yeah. if they want to they can just email me yeah um, so yeah no it's it's fun like I, I had a girl at the show last night that bought a zine sent me uh, she's a tattoo artist and she sent me a message today like I love the zine yeah like can I I've got an idea for like a written piece and I can draw something to go along with it I'm like yeah that That's sounds cool. great so it's like it's it's for anyone yeah but yeah, it's fun. I need to crack on and do the next one. <laughs> That's cool. Um, basically, how I like to kind of round these all up is, uh, is kind of talk about your favourite songs, but rather than it just being what is your favourite song, is um, to bring it back down to being in a live venue, is what is your favourite song that you play live? Um, so if, listen, if I start with you, what's, what's your favourite KG song that you play live? Uh, at the moment, uh, KG go to the pub. Yeah. In store. It's been great. Any particular reason? Uh, M's been doing uh, Ren from Petrol Girls is in the original yeah. and M from Nervous has been doing like guest vocals on oh, every okay. night and then we've just it's like again quite hit or miss but like some people have been like really screaming stuff and it's been great yeah. watching people yeah. like <clears throat> Sing enjoy it yeah. yeah and it's like it's just a it's a fun one to play and I um, I think it's got like the reason we wrote it is because of creeps that kind yeah. of, you know, <laughs> without getting like too negative. No, about no, no. It, but, like, I, I think the lyrics speak for themselves. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like it's 
despite like the nature of the song like i feel like it's very like energetic and it feels oh, yeah, positive yeah, when you, like yeah, it's yeah. a positive song to play and it's like quite like a s- strong and like powerful thing mm-hmm. and it's and it, yeah it's just like fun to play yeah, so yeah. I'd say that's mine cool. of this tour for sure yeah, cool. <laughs> Connor, what about yourself? uh mine's probably sad forever like yeah. the song we play after that it's just got a really cool groove good vibe yeah, yeah. yeah. i can lay down all the chops on it <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> so, uh, yeah, really good and like we extend it out live, so it's like about fifteen minutes long. By the end of it, so <laughs> we, we get to get those drum fills. Yeah, 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 we get to make some great noises, which is noises are always good. Yeah, so. cool. perfect, brilliant, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, for thank you. Thanks for having us. Look forward to tonight. I think. folks thanks again to lucinda and connor for taking the time to talk to me uh, the pair were awesome at the show as well uh, they're just a really cool live band like the first time i mentioned in the chat the first time i saw them was uh when they were on tour with narwhals and i was blown away with them and they quickly became one of the bands that i've, I've constantly was checking out and was really get, happy to see them do a headline show uh, in my hometown which was which was pretty awesome um and yeah they've got really good energy so if you get the chance to go see them live highly recommend them if they're playing near you in the future they're actually playing a few shows in ireland uh in the next few weeks um starting from august 17th so if you're around uh where they're playing go check them out uh as always you can keep up to date with everything kamikaze girls on all various social media platforms um on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash kamikaze girls uk uh, on Twitter, it's at kamikazegirls underscore, and Instagram is the same, obviously, without the at. Um, so, yeah, really appreciate those guys coming on to do the show. Uh, as promised, going to go on to do our little film review uh, section now, and as I said, it's going to be two extended reviews, so to say. Um, I'm going to start off with Dunkirk, so here's the trailer. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. Kirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this sun. We have a job to do. If we go there, we'll die.
practically see it from here. What? Home. Right, I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm, going to be, I'm a bit biased as I absolutely love Christopher Nolan's films. I think everything he's done is just pure gold. Um, and once again with Dunkirk, he's absolutely smashed it out of the park. Uh, as soon as everything kind of kicks off, there's no easing into this film. Right off the bat, you're immersed within the war zone and the tension just builds and builds and builds from there. Like tiny little sound effects, uh, obviously gunfire explosions even like the breathing pace of, of the people that you're watching the film of it just makes your whole body tense throughout the film and i think that's something that, that nolan does really well in all his films but obviously with the the subject matter of dunkirk uh it just works perfectly um as i mentioned the use of sound uh just constantly keeps you on edge and just when you're kind of the the people that you're watching in the film, they probably, I think they do have. I've looked briefly on IMDb. I've got to admit, I'm kind of doing this ad libbed a little bit, but um, I don't really remember any of the main characters per se having their names said, which I think was was a clever little point as well. But um, yeah, the, when you're kind of watching them trying to escape the beach and things, just when you think they're safe something happens and that's again something that Nolan does really well is a, kind of a false sense of security um, which plays nicely in, again into the storyline um, some people have criticised the lack of dialogue that's in this film uh, which I can kind of understand but I think f for me it, w it would have detracted from the story a, a bit because um yeah, I, I, as, oh, I keep saying it, but obviously the tension is something that leads the film. So if you've constantly got dialogue going through, kind of cuts through that and takes it away. Um, the film in general go, go through a bit of the the plot. Obviously, everyone kind of knows about Dunkirk and what happens and what complete clusterfuck that was. But it's uh, it's split into three. So it's uh, focused on people on land, people at sea, and people in the air. Um, and the audience is given those three different perspectives. Um and how they kind of try to dealt with the situation that was put before them really um nolan does a great job of, of recreating what it was like on that beach and i think having advisors who actually lived through it and experienced it comes across loud and clear because otherwise i think it would have been very obvious the faults that would have uh faults in the plot line and, and so on and so forth um there's also a return for some some Nolan regulars in, in the film. Tom Hardy's in there, Killian Murphy's in there. Uh, but one of the standouts, which I never in a million years thought I would have said, uh, was Harry Styles. Um, the former One Direction member does an absolutely great job. Um, and as I mentioned, for a film with not much dialogue, he probably has some of the best lines in the film. So who knows? He could become another Nolan regular. He could become a a big Hollywood star now. Like he did like no disrespect to him at all like you obviously reading up on the film he, he didn't get the the part off his off his pop star fame he went through auditions and everything and he's obviously put the effort into to get the role and on the basis of his performance it was thoroughly deserved um one thing i'm i'm not 100% sure if i agree on but some people are calling dunkirk the best film of of modern times like yeah it is a good film but I wouldn't go that far like visually it's incredible obviously as I've mentioned the tension and the way that 
Nolan has put the film together is fantastic but I just think there's been better films in the last couple of years um, I know a completely different kind of subject matter but Baby Driver I thought Baby Driver was mind-blowingly good so sorry Christopher I doubt you're listening to this but that's just just my opinion but as always Christopher Nolan absolute master so if you haven't had a chance to go see Dunkirk yet uh, it's probably going to be in the cinema for a few more weeks still so yeah go I think it's a film that needs to be really appreciated on the big screen as well because as much as you can sit back and relax at, at home with your on your DVDs or Blu-rays or however you want to watch it this is it, the magnitude of it needs to be appreciated on the big screen so yeah go please go see that if you get the chance um, right second film is a film called The Law it was a documentary sorry uh, so again I'm going to quickly play the trailer before we get into this People tell me I'm a storyteller, and and uh, I guess I fit the description. <laughs> Imagination is more important than knowledge. We're, we're all charlatans to some degree. It doesn't matter who you are. It only matters who they think you are. What I've done is hidden the treasure chest and I've given you clues as to where it is. As far as I'm concerned, that's my part. From now on, it's up to you. But Terry Scant with marble gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So uh, basically, the film is based around uh, a billionaire called Forrest Fenn, who uh, had a, a scare with cancer, and basically, in so he wanted to do something with his fortune. So he took out—I I can't remember if it was all of it. Again, I'm mad living a little bit. Uh, I can't remember if it was all of his money because obviously he still survived, so he's still living. But a, a fair amount of money uh, took it out somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, hid it. Uh, and then posted a little riddle which would whoever could crack the riddle would lead them to the location of said treasure um, as far as documentaries go I wouldn't say it's the most interesting sort of narrative throughout like you're kind of introduced to the subject straight off the bat and then you're kind of introduced to the people who are trying to find the treasure and then throughout you kind of hear little tidbits about their life why they're doing it uh, there's odd sound bites from from Forrest Fenn himself, um, but yeah, it's a, it's quite a bland watch. Is I think that's the best way to say it. But the thing that kind of gets it going is is the the people it does follow because they just become obsessed and not like I mean literally obsessed with this this treasure hunt because um, some of them literally like give up their lives to do this and it's just it's crazy to think that that's now what they do but also it might it might be the the director's wish but as a viewer i didn't feel any kind of empathy for these people that they haven't found the treasure yet and i you kind of well i kind of came away thinking like you're just nuts why are you doing this and like one of the guys is a um I think he's a farmer but 
he his sort of attitude towards it is just a bit weird like he says that if he finds the treasure he's not he's only going to take a little bit and then leave it um because it's kind of like his token that he knows that he he's found it sort of thing and he even has a has a conversation with Forrest about it and and Forrest asks him what he would do and he says he'd he'd find the treasure box and lick it and then take some and put it back which I just found a bit weird to, to be honest but it as I said there is this kind of obsession which makes the film and uh as these people are so determined to try and find it it kind of yeah that's that's kind of the only thing that you're hanging on to and i don't know uh, i didn't hope that they found it i kind of wish they didn't and and as the film concludes like no one has still yet found it yet people kind of come close to the vicinity of where it is hidden but yeah it's just it was okay i wouldn't recommend it necessarily if i'm totally honest uh, but it was an interesting watch just to kind of see how obsessed some of these people became with, with said treasure, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, that rounds off this week's podcast, folks. Thank you very much again for, for joining me. Um, next week will be the first of the interviews that I conducted whilst I was, off at, Fluff, uh, whilst I was at Fluff Fest. Um, so looking forward to sharing those with you. Uh, but for now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me on the Justin Insight podcast, and I will see you soon. Mm-hmm.